Hey, I'm Spencer. And I'm Britton. Since 2011, Buckethead has released 284 albums in his Pike series. And we're going to listen to them. Three at a time. This is Getting Head. A Bucket Cast! You know, uh, you know, like, um, early recommendation in the, in the episode, uh, if, if you are having problems with digestion, a vegan diet that is like high in, um, complex carbohydrates, uh, and fats is fucking incredible. Like when I first went vegan, when I lived in Alaska, Mm -hmm. I think, um, like, oh, I remember this, yeah. I was mostly eating shit like um, vegan fried rice and stuff like that. And it was like and vegan Caesar fried salad. rice. And Caesar salad. And like, yeah. But I made it with like brown rice. And uh, and so like it was just like salad and like fried rice. And it was so it was super high fat, uh, very high fiber, uh, and very high complex carbohydrate. But goddamn, I had the best shits of my fucking life. Like I would, I would poop once a day and I would literally just expel everything that I ate the day before into like this mound. It wasn't like, you know, how you usually drop logs. It wasn't logs. Uh-huh. It was like this fucking cow patty of a mound. Sure. Right? And like, and I'd usually wipe, but there was like nothing there because I just shit clean. I just <laughs> dumped my body and I was done with it. You know, like. The funniest part about this is that you and I have talked about this so many times. Like, you have brought this up to me so many times Mm -hmm. or around me Mm -hmm. so many times that I know 100% that you are telling the truth. Yeah. (laughs) Because you wouldn't have talked to me about it this many times if it wasn't the truth. (laughs) No. And also, you know, and it's also like, why would I lie about, like, the best shits I've ever taken? Like, that's, (laughs) that's the weirdest thing to just, like... I got a story for you. You want to hear about the time I took a great poop? Like, it's like... I mean, depends on who you're talking to. Some people are into hearing that. Yeah, and if I talked to, like, a weird, stinky vegan, they'd be like, yeah, tell me more. Tell me more about <laughs> your, the vegan skirt. Mm. <laughs> did you... Did you, what, did you was, it, was it just peas, or did you use corn in the fried rice? Did you use corn in the fried rice? We got to shit in God's mouth and give him a vegan fetish. <laughs> <laughs> vegan fetish i feel like i almost went through a phase of that there was like a good a good period where like somehow like within a year i think like everyone i dated or fucked was a vegan it was strange weird i mean it's not that weird in seattle i guess it's not i mean seattle is a weird place though seattle is a weird town it's upside down charlie brown yeah it certainly is Mm mm-hmm Yep. So we listened to three Buckethead albums. Fuck you, Spencer. You know better. You're 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 just <laughs> fucking with me now. You 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 <laughs> don't come on. All right, Brit. Brit. Yeah. Yeah. What, okay. do, you, what do you want? Spencer? I've been thinking about something. I've been thinking about something. I have a, I have something on my mind. Will you ask me what's on my mind? What's on your mind, Spencer? I really want to be hit with a bucket. 
Bucket According to Brian Brain Mentia, who we have talked about multiple times on this podcast Certainly. because he's yeah. one of the closest people to Buckethead. Uh-huh. Um, he says Buckethead is a very big fan of Diet Coke. Okay. Um, so is our former president. Yeah, uh, he, uh, our former president, uh, Donald J. Trump, had a Diet Coke button um, in the Oval Office at his desk that he would press, and like apparently he drank like, uh, like 12, 12 Diet Cokes a yeah. day. Yeah. Which is a lot of Diet Coke. And like... Yeah. Yeah, like, because I, I drink, like, three Diet Mountain Dews a day, and I think that's excessive. That is excessive. <laughs> but it's also diet. But I'm also I'm also doing the Dew, Spencer. You are doing the Dew, and I do appreciate that about you. Mm, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it about me, too. I think it's one Good. of my better, better personality traits. <laughs> <laughs> my ability to do the Dew, yeah. I really think, like, uh, uh, uh. Puts me above other people in a lot yeah, of circumstances. You know, I'm like you know? I'm like Nike squared. Like they're like just do it. I'm just like just do to do it. All right. <laughs> anyway, um, so in an interview question about things people don't know or wouldn't expect about uh, Bucket Brain says he's a Diet Coke fiend. That's our bonding. We'll drive hundreds of miles to get the right. Diet Coke. I'm not oh. exaggerating. Maybe not hundreds, but we've driven 50 miles for the right Diet Coke. Because of the carbonation in the Coke, um, there's special ones we find. We'll be in LA and we'll drive to Tejon Ranch just to get a certain Diet Coke from a Jack in the Box store in that area. Interviewer says, okay. um, I didn't even though there was different Diet Cokes, I thought they were all the same. And Brain says, what's the carbonation? They're always the same if you buy the can, but I'm talking about from the tap. He got me addicted to Diet Coke. I was never into it either, but he kept drinking it, and then I tried it, and I got addicted. And I was like, oh boy. Alright, okay. Where, okay, that okay, that that wow, that was a hell of a bucket fact, dude. Damn. Yeah, Diet Coke's right. great. I'm a big fan of Diet Coke, also. Sure. Yeah, I like me a a, a Diet Coke or a Diet Pepsi. Those are mm-hmm. pretty good. Yeah, I only I don't drink soda, but I do drink an insane amount of Diet soda. Not an insane amount. I drink like three twelve packs every week or two. That's a lot of diet soda. <laughs> That's 36. So, I mean, yeah, I'm drinking like, I'm drinking like three or four a day for sure. That is quite a bit of uh, desode, as we <laughs> affectionately call it. We definitely do affectionately call it that. But I mean, like, you know, when I was sober, I was drinking like a 12 pack a day, straight up. <laughs> you know what? Donald Trump is sober. Well, at least from alcohol. Yeah. Probably why he drinks so much dyke. And he was president of the United States. So, our president. 
Uh-huh. Of you <laughs> We listened to three more pikes. <laughs> yeah, we did. Yeah, pikes we did. 49, 50, and 51. Monument Valley, Pitch Dark, <laughs> and Claymation Courtyard, respectively. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, this was an interesting pairing. I mean, it was it was a lot yeah. like some of the more recent pairings where it was uh, kind of like... Um, Two softer albums and one kind of heavier metal album. Melodic guitar rock. Melodic guitar rock. You're not wrong there. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, so Pike Pike 49, Monument Valley. Um, released on February 7th, 2014, uh, which was uh, the same day wow. as the previous Pike, Pike 48, Hide in the Pickling Jar. Oh, wow. I didn't realize that. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked this one quite a lot. Actually, Me too. I thought Me too. It, was it was a very good pike. Yeah, it, it was, and it was honestly, it was something different. It was um, more than anything. I I thought it provided a different atmosphere from anything I've ever heard Buckethead do. And that I thought How this, so? I thought this was had a very like Western theme to it. Okay. It, it felt very like cowboy, very like Western frontier type music, uh, especially the title track Monument Valley um, and also uh, Fembot, the, the song right after it. Um, yeah, that was a good, that was a really good one. I really like um, that one. The, actually, the yeah. YouTube comments would also agree with you. Um, oh, did, a lot of okay. people were talking about the Western vibe. Really? Okay. So I, I, I don't read YouTube comments, but yeah, that's, that's fun to, to know that yeah. like, because especially um, on the first track, Monument Valley, mm-hmm. um, I, I thought it was like a, it was, it was definitely like very like soft post-rock like Buckethead has done yeah. in a lot of previous uh, albums. It is, but, but it, it starts off very compelling. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, which is really cool because it has a really nice bass line. It does. I it, thought it, like, it, it's it, like it, the bass nice, comes in immediately. Driving. And like the yeah. notes that he hits in the bass, it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Like it, it feels like it has like an energy to it. Yeah. Um and then, which like immediately drew me in. I was like, yeah. oh, this one is so this is starting really strong. Right. And so I actually thought. the the very first track, I was like, this kind of sounds like almost soundtrack music to like um a red dead game because it's sure. got like driving bass, but also this guitar that's like very twangy, uh, but also very yeah. reverby. And so mm-hmm. I, I felt um the guitars, even though I know almost for a fact they weren't Telecasters, sounded yeah. a lot like Telecasters. Uh, like they were very that big, like big twang country sound. Like, um, yeah, and it, it sounded great. And uh, the drums mm-hmm. were really also did. like uh, the drums were mixed dry, but there was a lot of uh, room noise for the cymbals, which is yeah. a super Nashville thing. And Buckethead's done that on a couple things before that were actually pretty Western-ish. And so I think he really gets that. Like, I think he yeah. he actually understands... Or Dan Monty, who I assume is still producing these. Um, yeah. Um, it, yeah, it was um, it was really good. I, I really liked the song Listen, or Listrin Nostril. Lurstin uh, Nostril, which is nostril backwards and yeah. then nostril. Yes. Um, um yeah, it starts out. It's that was my favorite song on on this one. It, it, it was pretty I, good. It just has like a really nice, like lead part to it. Mm-hmm. That's why I liked it so much. It's it, like the lead part reminded me. It was very bluesy. Weird, 
Yeah, but weirdly, it reminded me a little bit of Iron Maiden, a little bit like like a like an ambient Iron Maiden, uh, which was fun. But it, mm-hmm. it's just it's a really nice like melodic lead section, and it has some really like tasteful, interesting guitar mm. parts. Okay, so uh, by ambient Iron Maiden, like uh, some of the backing tracks were definitely like Seventh Son of a Seventh Son type backing tracks. Sure, yeah, like, I the, can, the very I like dun, 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 like the 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 clean yeah. guitar parts. With like a, a kind of a scorching, very heavy gain, but with wah like lead over it, mm-hmm. like very yeah yeah that was that was that was pretty great. Um, totally. Honestly, like I liked every track on this album. I'd say me too. It was yeah. it was it was a, a pretty solid album effort. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Fembot like went on a little bit long, but like it mixed it up enough to where like it had some cool electronic elements. Um, the backing tracks didn't, especially guitar, didn't like uh, change a whole bunch, but uh, the leads were like really like emotionally driven. Yeah, really emotive mm-hmm. and really tasteful, yeah. and yeah, yeah. and it really the and honestly for this one, I feel like it was the atmosphere that sold it for me more than anything yeah. else. Yeah, yeah, it had definitely. a very consistent atmosphere, which is mm-hmm. good, mm-hmm. and it just had a very. It's just a very good, compelling atmosphere. And it started off very strong and it, and it maintained that energy throughout. Mm-hmm. Like every song was good. Yeah. And I didn't ever feel taken out of that atmosphere mm-hmm. by any of it. And so that all told, I feel like makes it pretty good. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah. And, and as much like I'd, uh, in uh, Buckethead Land, um, uh-huh. this would be a great, like, I mean, like desert or like Western themed ride. You know, sure, I can see that. You know, like a a thing that's like a maybe like a mine cart through the old west or something like that. I think they have something like that at Disneyland. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah. It was. Uh, yeah, I could see something like that. Um, I could also just see it as like ambient music near some kind of like fountain or something like that. Okay. Like it, it is also like pretty enough and like, you know, what's the word? I, I, I think uh, it's in- not like it's not very. It's not music that you you hear and you're instantly drawn to notice it. Mm-hmm. Like I would imagine, like if this music was used as like a score for something, I think it would be music that you would that would really set a mood and like you mm-hmm. would, you would experience it. But it wouldn't necessarily be like the sort of stuff that like immediately jumps out at you and you're like, I need to listen and pay attention to this. Yeah, if that makes sense. Yeah. Much like the scores in video games. And yeah, like yeah. That, Which right? is why I thought, like, at least the first song, actually, most of the songs in this would have actually been like good pieces to like a Red Dead type game. Yeah, like you're you're in a, a big open world mm-hmm. and you're exploring it, and this is the music in the background. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Um, but but uh, you know, I, I probably wasn't wasn't maybe on my top ten so far, but you know, it's still probably like a top twenty pike. Pretty good. Yeah, very good. I, I would it. say if you're listening to the Pikes, you should listen to that one. Yeah, it's a good one. Yeah, for sure. Uh, not not entirely skippable. Yeah. Um. Pike fifty. Pitch five zero. The big five zero. The Hawaii five oh. zero. We hit the yeah. We hit the Hawaii five zero. That's pretty sick. Yeah, we did. We, we hit the, we hit the cops, which is good. Uh-huh. We, that's what you should do. You love to punch police. Hit the cop. I didn't say that, <laughs> but that's what I mean. Um, yeah. Released on February twenty fifth, twenty fourteen. Hell yeah! Yeah, just a little, little under six years, seven years ago. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's quite a while. Some... Quite a while back. Mm-hmm. Longer back than I 
imagine. Yeah. yeah um, this, one... this one, I guess, on the other hand, I would say is a skippable bike. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, yeah, it's fine. I'd say so, it's... too. It, um, so, I mean, there, there's only three tracks. Each of them uh-huh. is like 10-ish minutes long. It's uh, it's a long, it's a long album. It's um, I don't know. It's it's clean. It's melodic. Mm-hmm. It's a. It really kind of uh, treads a lot of ground he's already done before, though. Especially like um, uh, Pike Forty Six Rainy Days, Pike Fifteen Viewmaster, like Pike Forty One Wishes, Pike mm-hmm. Eighteen The Astrodome. Pike thirty one Pearson Square, like it's um, it is it, definitely one of those. It's it, it, yeah, the, and and like let me let no. me just state that like I didn't dislike this one. I enjoyed listening to it. I thought it was totally fine, mm-hmm. and I actually thought the last song on it, uh, "Drifting Ice," um, is that the last song or is that the second song? That's the second song. Water drops is the last song. Okay, yeah, yeah. Second song, "Drifting Ice," is a good song. I, I did enjoy that song. Um, Th- that one was a little more metal than the other two songs, but in, yeah, because it has all, double kicks in it. Yeah, in, in all all three of them did have like kind of a gainy, distorted guitar for leads, but but all of the backing tracks basically were all clean or like mm-hmm. acoustic or nylon yeah. string. And and that's why I liked Drifting Ice more than the rest of it is because in for a very short section of the song, um, a double bass pedal comes in. And there's a, a pretty interesting drum part over what was a very kind of standard mellow head type thing. Mellow, mellow head. head. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, that being said, I like that one a little bit more because it took a little bit of a risk, I feel like, in, with the drums. It made it a little more interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but overall, I would say, like you said, it's it's ground that has been treaded before suitable background music certainly but i wouldn't necessarily say it's an essential pike no definitely not no as much like i said uh in buckethead land this um this is the music they play like on the the outside speakers after the park closes interesting because this music is is i mean not for nobody but it's not for, it's like the music. The sorry, yeah, no, it's good. I interrupt you all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you do. Um, it's like the music that they play in the food court. Like it's like it's. I feel like this this album could be put in a a randomized playlist of other buckethead album or bucket other buckethead songs mm-hmm. and just played at random and it would be totally like good in that, but it would also be like relatively unremarkable yeah yeah and and that's kind of i mean the bottom line for this album is relatively unremarkable which again i just want to say does not mean that it is bad it is no, like 100 percent no. like competently made music right and i i respect buckethead as an artisan mm-hmm. in the sense that like we have now listened to 50 of these records and honestly like i'm only becoming more impressed with his ability to create music yeah, yeah um, i'd agree Totally. Because despite the fact that I do think this is one of his weaker albums, I, I think that it is amazing that he can craft stuff like this mm-hmm. that is as competent as this is. Right. It's so consistently. Yeah. Um, like, there has not been a single one of these pikes that I would say came across like it was 
you know, I don't know. Like the, he didn't take it seriously. Like, yeah. I, I feel like all of these were taken seriously. Yeah, all, and, all of these are decent albums. Like, I mean, taken from the context of who he is, like, you might say this is a bad album, but, like, if any other guitarist released it, or any other musician released it, like, all of these stand up as decent albums. Like, if I just found... 100%. If he, like, released each one under a different name on Bandcamp, and I found any of them, I wouldn't hate any of them. Like... Each one of them, I'd be like, "Hey, this artist is pretty cool." Yeah. Um. Yeah, he's he's good. It's really wild. It's really interesting. Oh, <laughs> like that is. he keeps doing this. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, Pike Fifty One, Claymation yeah. Courtyard. So we're back to a little bit more metal, and yeah, that yeah. was nice. I felt like it was a it was a nice change of pace after the last two. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, uh, released on April Fourteenth, Twenty Fourteen. Thank you, sorry. Absolutely sorry. <laughs> um, um, yeah, a welcome, a welcome breath of fresh air, if you will. Um, I, I, because we've, I, we've yes. had a couple like very clean, focused albums. Yeah. And I'd say the last episode, like uh, all but one album, a uh, roller coaster track repair was was very like buckethead. Um, incredibly but, buckethead. Yes. And you know, like hiding the pickling jar was, uh, you know, there was some bluesy stuff, some bass stuff, but it was kind of. What almost felt like one of the earlier pikes, like when he really hadn't gotten his footing yet. Um, but you know, like rainy days, uh, fucking, um, oh yeah, uh, the pike 43, like there, there's been a lot of slower stuff recently, mm-hmm. and this is kind which of which I think is cool. I think it's, it's yeah. a good, yeah, yeah uh, direction, you know, you know, me, like. Uh, like Pike Thirteen is my favorite Pike so far, and that is probably the slowest, most atmospheric Pike. Probably, yeah. Yeah, it's just and, fucking uh, good. So I, I like hearing his more atmospheric stuff. I think it's really good, and mm-hmm. and I also think that it his like more, you know, guitar centric melodic rock stuff is interesting too. And a lot of this record is that. Um, and there's a lot of like interesting riffing on it, and there's also some pretty shredding guitar solos, but but they're all very tasteful. Uh, there's one in particular that is very long and very shredding. Oh, uh, but uh, it disintegration but I, mirrors number two. Yeah. It's fourteen yeah. minutes long. Yeah, which is like I mean, so the end of it. I like the last like three or four minutes of it because it like gets back into like just riffing. But yeah. but after the first couple minutes of the song, it's just like a eight, nine, ten minute long solo, and I'm like, at some point, I was like, okay, like fine. He sure. did some impressive things here and there, but like, no matter how great your ten minute long solo is, it's a ten minute long solo. This is true, and, and like that being said, I think it was really a wise choice on his part to keep the rest of the record tasteful. And he did. And I, I did like that aspect of it because you're right. There was a, there was a point in which I was listening to that solo where I was like, wow, this is still going on. No. Um, <laughs> but that being said, it was still, you know, it was impressive. There were, there were some parts in that solo that I was legitimately like that's an interesting progression or like that. That's an interesting like thing he's doing. Um, that being said though, the rest of it is definitely more riff focused and, and, you know, I really like it when he focuses on riffs. I think that his riffs are really interesting. And I like them. And it's pretty nice. 
it was pretty nice to hear him just make some heavy riffs. It was fun. Not too heavy, but like heavy and melodic. Yeah, I mean, uh, so like I'd say this this album was a good um, kind of blending of his alt metal stuff, his like chuggy thrashy stuff, mm-hmm. and you know some like speed metalish stuff here and there. Mm-hmm. But oh, yeah. you know, you know, mostly like kind of it, it felt like a very '90s flavor of metal with like some scorching solos here and there. Just yeah. like he, he he did some really cool guitar stuff, but you know. When it's like sandwiched in like a, a four or ten minute solo, like that that thirty seconds is like, oh, that's really uh, okay. Well, and now he's just now he's just still playing a solo. Sure, sure. Yeah, um, I would say that this one is pretty good. This is one of those ones, and I, I brought this up I think last week, uh, but this was one of those ones where it ended, and I was like, oh wow, it's over. That went by really quick, mm-hmm. and um. Usually that means to me that like it was interesting enough that I did not get bored with it. And I think that that means it's a pretty good pipe, <laughs> honestly, at least yeah. from my perspective, I would say that, you know, if you're listening to these things. Um, this is, this is one you should listen to. I think it's a good one. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm actually kind of split on it. I, I'd say sure. it's good. Not great. I'd put it yeah. like almost a, uh, we've listened to 51 so far. I'd say this is the 25th best pike. Sure. It's like it's like somewhere fair. somewhere very close to the middle to be honest. It's it's not Sure. I mean it was it was a nice um nice kind of release from like the the down tempo bucket we've been getting lately. Yeah. But then again so it was like roller coaster track repair, but I think roller coaster track repair in general is just a much better album. Sure. Yeah. yeah. But you know, um, um this it wasn't, is wasn't bad. This is definitely one of those albums that I think um benefits from the structure in which we listen to them. Mm-hmm. Um because for example, for this week, right, we had two mellow albums and then this one that's a little bit, you know, more aggressive. And I think as like you said, as a release from the previous two, like mm-hmm. it it comes a it comes to it goes down easy. You know, you're like, yeah. Oh, cool, huh. this is like you know, definitely like more energetic and and stuff than, than the previous two records i listened to today you know right um and and oddly i'd say that's actually kind of what i'm looking most for and that that's what i think colors my reviews the most is the diversity of the three albums we're listening to true like true, if, true if that, yeah. really kind of what i'm looking for is like something that's like either electronic or funk and then something that's like some type of bucket metal without way too many solos uh-huh. and then like a clean album and if i get all three of those like i'm a happy girl <laughs> yeah i don't think that we've we've actually gotten a week where we've had that much right? diversity with I don't the exception think so of the halloween week which where we had those two like halloween albums that were very weird well well no because we didn't have the two al- halloween albums at once there was separate oh, you're right weeks. we just had one of them yeah we uh we had um pumpkin one week and then pikes the next week mm-hmm. um yeah that is true yeah which were were both great albums i enjoyed the shit out of both those to be totally. honest they were very um i mean you can go back and listen to the uh the episodes which i can't figure out it was thir- like 31 and 32 right is that right yeah okay th- 33 and uh 34 so episodes 11 and 12 if you want to 
get in on that. Yeah, get in on it. Get in on it, bitch. Stick it in. Um, raw dog it, bitch. <laughs> Go raw. Hell yeah. Yeah. Go raw. Speaking of going raw, you know what you know what time it is, dog? What time is it? Statements from the bucket So this week on Statements from the Bucket Void, I dug deep. Mm-hmm. I went deep into the greater bucket universe. The bucket first, if you will. The bucket first. Bucket first. Bucket first. Bucket first. Bucket first. Is that Man. that's uh, that's what you call um, someone who's really into buckethead, who both tops and bottoms. <laughs> nice. We're gonna start things off in a, in a little uh, bit of an existential fashion. YouTube user Sam Sam says, "Is this the undiscovered emotion?" Mm. Was, Great question. Was this was this a specific album? Or? Uh, this was for uh, Pike Forty Nine mm. Monument Valley. Undiscovered emotion. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I because um, like I feel like that emotion is discovered, and it's called being a cowboy. Yeah, and I'm right? a cowboy. Man. Yeah, like that. That emotion is discovered, and it's uh, the power of eating beans out of the can, <laughs> baby. <laughs> beans out of the can, baby. <laughs> <laughs> can beans, baby. How how you eat beans? Oh, I uh, I don't know. I um. I really like like three bean salads and um, let's see what else. Uh, oh, hummus is really good. That's a great. I only eat fuck beans. sluts that what, eat beans uh, out of the can. What? Uh, what? What? What do you like? I only eat beans out of the can, <laughs> baby. Uh, yeah, you know you you love to eat beans out of a can, right? Mm. You know, I love to uh, eat beans anyway, but out of the yeah. can is the best way, especially when you just like crudely like use a knife to just like jag open the top of the can and just put the fucking can rip the label off because it's gonna burn if you put it on the fucking burner mm-hmm. rip the label off have just a little bit of venting there and just stick that motherfucker right on the burner your goddamn coil burner it's gonna burn the bottom layer of beans but it gives it a smoky <laughs> flavor that is second to none i come for the burnt bean Believer, baby. I'm thinking about those beans. So at, at work, I have made that the background to my computer. <laughs> it's just a tile background of uh, Bill, what's his face, saying as uh, the second <laughs> Facebook comment. I'm thinking about those beans. <laughs> and everyone like walks past and like, what's that? And I'm like, well, it's Bill thinking about those beans yeah he's thinking about those beans. and the thing is like i every time i say it to them i actually like put my hand next to their ear and whisper it into their ear and they're like nice. yo six feet dog and i'm like six and a half inches baby <laughs> <laughs> nice nice um so here's like a legitimate question. Um, then this question was posed three months ago. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm going to basically say like, hey, this is a question for us. Yeah. So I'm just going to say, hey, no one responded to it. So we're going to respond to it. Okay? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Um, this let's person, ask. YouTube user Alina Tolea mm-hmm. says three months ago, 
I just learned about Buckethead less than a week ago, and there's just a lot of discography. Yeah. How do you guys keep up with his work? Or even tell the tracks apart? It's a great fucking question. <laughs> like, mm. actually, like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, and so, I mean, how... how Take how, notes. How do you compartmentalize Buckethead? <laughs> I mean, uh, it's a really... Uh, I don't know. I mean... So, so up until now, or up until we started doing this, like Buckethead was one of those people where like he put out a new record or whatever. I would mm. check out some of them. You know, I remember early on in the when the Pikes started coming out, I remember checking out a few of them, and like I remember listening to Electric Tears and whatnot mm-hmm. yeah. back in the day, Monsters and Robots, all that sort of stuff. You sure. know, um, because like you know, growing up in the early two thousands, like Buckethead was definitely one of those people that was talked about in guitar magazines. And oh stuff yeah, like that. so like, it's like he was, he was. Huge I knew in who he was magazine. from a young age. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. by virtue of that, and so, um, but up until this, like. I don't know. You know, I thought of Buckethead as having like, hey, he makes weird metal and and he makes like, you know, softer stuff sometimes. That's what I thought. And that still proves to be correct. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he, he just, uh, but he's a lot more diverse than that because he's had like oh, noise yeah, totally. albums, fairly electronic albums, basically like funk albums here and there. Like the, the, the Pikes, um, I, I'd say honestly, uh, to answer this person's question, um, it's helpful. Like I wouldn't really get into the Pikes until you've listened to a good bit of his solo material and the stuff he's done with other projects. Like, oh yeah, uh, I would always definitely recommend the Deli Creeps, Praxis. If you're into noise stuff, uh, Death Cube K and the stuff he does with uh Travis. Um, oh, what's that dude's name? Pastrana. Is that it? No, Travis Pastrana is uh, like a BMX guy or something. I don't know. Uh, no, no, he's a motorcycle guy. He's a motorcycle guy. Rides uh, uh, dirt bikes or whatever. Right? Uh, Travis uh, Pastrana? Travis Pastrami? Uh, tra- no, uh, Travis Dickerson is the guy I'm thinking of. Okay. Um, <laughs> God. Uh, I mean... That's amazing. Um, so... I'm sorry, I just got on like a YouTube rabbit hole on something. Um, I would definitely recommend listening to like his '90s solo projects first and foremost. Uh, not, not solo project. Well, I mean his late '90s albums and the '90s projects he did with other folks, especially Praxis, uh, Death Cube K, um, Deli Creeps. Um, I mean, there's others, but those are the ones that I think are kind of the most important and formative to his discography. Um, the Pikes are, I'd say, like way more advanced listening. Um, we we are here listening to them, but I feel like we are in a way advanced Buckethead listeners because both of us have been listening to him off and on for at least a decade now. Like I, I remember us talking about electric tears when we were probably like in our late teens. Oh yeah, certainly. Now, um, we're advanced um, head people. Uh, b- buck advanced is what we're on. <laughs> buck <Yeah>. advanced. <laughs> um, YouTube user Bucketbot says, my perfect funeral would be me buried under his gigantic collection of albums. No dirt, just a lid to cover the tomb. Parentheses. 
to protect the albums with do not dare to fucking disturb sign on it. This Hmm. way, if there would be an afterlife, I will be so busy for all eternity. Yeah, I mean, like, if 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 I had to choose, like, an artist's <laughs> discography to listen to for all of eternity, just based on the diversity, I might choose Buckethead. Wow, that's, that's, that's heavy. That's heavy. I mean, I mean, if you had to be, like, buried instead of dirt no. by one artist's discography, yeah. who would you choose? Old, old dirty bastard. <laughs> <laughs> Dirt, just dirt like McGirt. you. It's just the same thing. It's just a different yeah. form of dirt. It's. Um, I mean, now, you are an old dirty bastard. We we know this. I am. I am a. I am. An, a young middle aged dirty bastard. I don't, <laughs> I don't even. I don't even know what you are when you're thirty two. Like yeah, what, I, what, I don't what, know either. You're not. You're I'm, not old quite yet. It to people unless to, it's like to people who are like sixteen. Yeah. Um. I, yeah, I've been, I've been called both young and been told I have daddy vibes. And I'm like, I don't know how to reconcile these two emotions. Um, uh-huh. Well, currently right now you have Cruella DeVille vibes, but. <laughs> Cruella <know>? de- daddy. <laughs> Cruella daddyville. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Cruella yeah, I alphaville. Uh, I do. Forever young. I want to be forever young. Yeah, Alphaville, hell yeah. Oh yeah, Cruella Um, Alphaville, dog. (laughs) Is it Alphaville's that movie, right, with uh, the black and white with, Mm -hmm. you know, early 2000s? Yep. Anyways, uh, YouTube user MixRay says, the Mozart of our generation. And YouTube user Tej Bipapi responds, the bucket head of our generation. I'd agree with the latter more than the former. <laughs> Truly, Buck- me too. <laughs> Buckethead is no Mozart. I will say that. No, no. Like Mo- Mozart was a not a once in a generation, not a once in a century, but literally a once in human history composer. What makes you say that about Mozart? God, do we want to get into Wolf? Gang Amadeus Mozart and like not really the fact that like I mean over the he he only lived to like his like mid or late thirties. However, he is still the most prolific composer of all time. He basically invented classical music. Like everything before him was baroque, and after him everything was classical. Like he he opened the floodgates for creative. I mean, like, if it weren't for him, like, Beethoven was a huge fan of his. Like, he... Also known as Beethoven. Beethoven. Beethoven, yeah. Beethoven, I believe. Uh, Most excellent! (laughs) (laughs) Um, Do you want me to record some guitar solos for that? No. Uh, (laughs) I I can just, like, fucking steal it from YouTube or whatever. There you go. I'll just I'll just find a fucking bumblefoot video. <laughs> <laughs> uh, nice, nice. Not uh, nice. Bumblefoot stole some of Buckethead solos from uh, Chinese democracy. So, Bumblefoot not... was an inside job. Bumblefoot, God, 
George Bush did Bumblefoot is, uh, <laughs> as I'm aware. Uh, like, how much Diet Coke do you think Bumblefoot drinks? Yeah, I mean, well, if you think of, think about it this way, um, when 9-11 happened, mm-hmm. Buckethead was the guitarist for Guns N' Roses. Yes. When the war in Iraq started, Bumblefoot was the <laughs> guitarist for Guns N' Roses. So, like... Yeah, hell yeah. I, mean, I, I see what you're saying. I think no. the whole world sees what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We live yeah. in a society. We do. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying... I'm not trying to be controversial here, but um, if it weren't for Bumblefoot, would ISIS really exist? Like... <laughs> Uh, really, that's a great question it's, it's a very good question and bumblefoot if you're listening and i know you are i want you to come on the cast and uh you know clear this up for us truly because this is this is a pretty high tier conspiracy you know like mm-hmm. you've been accused of basically war crimes yeah for your guitar playing um uh-huh and we'd like you to address those bumblefoot please we require it. And also, what the fuck is up with your name? Like, come on, dude. Yeah, I don't, I don't like no it. His real name is like, like Ron or something. Like, if you had like really super big shoes that were funny. Like, that would it, be, whoa, what, yeah, how cool right? would that be if you wore like huge shoes? Like, oh, huge no, no, no. Shoes. no, no, you know what it has to be? Uh, he has to get two of Sting's sweaters and put them on his feet. <laughs> <laughs> the, the bee sweaters. And wow. Like a, bu- like a bumblebee, so bumblebee. Okay, I'm done. YouTube user Poopman Poopman says, I'm on day 54 of listening to only Buckethead. I listen to him all day, driving, at work, while cleaning, and stuff, etc. Mm-hmm. I am lost as can be in Buckethead land. I have no intention of ever leaving. YouTube user Uwe Gierkin responds, So you're a brother. So... Let's talk about Poop Man, Poop Man. <laughs> yeah, we should. We should. He's only listening to Buckethead. He you know is what? lost you know, in Buckethead you know, land. You know what he's doing with his life? What's that? He's pooping in the mouth of God <laughs> and giving him a scat fetish. <laughs> You're just trying to find a way to work this in. <laughs> <laughs> That's the name of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> we already decided that. I, you did like earlier. I don't care. <laughs> uh, that's that's pretty great. Uh, I like the idea of like a a greater um, a fraternity of Buckethead fans, like L- like an actual fraternity that has like a frat house. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. I don't like this. Is Revenge of the Nerds all over again, but with way more rape than it even had already. <laughs> and way more nerds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Matt, no, that it's would... revenge. It's it's Revenge of the Nerds Part Six Six Six. Oops, all nerds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, except like the nerd house is basically just like the the the. The, the show floor of a guitar center and it's just like <laughs> shitty guitarists fucking trying to play like Metallica covers or like yeah attempting to like do anything on Soothsayer. Hell yeah. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Um pretty much that. Um I think that's pretty good. 
YouTube user KLBack63 says, Buckethead's influence on Buckethead's style is the reason he's such a great Buckethead style guitarist. I have to agree with that. I mean, I, I, I can't... <laughs> I honestly... I cannot find a way to disagree. <laughs> I, I, um... You know what I like is things. And you know why I like those things is uh -huh. because how they are. Uh-huh. Yeah, okay. And I think that's really great. You know? And I don't, too, think, I, I don't think you can disagree with that sentiment. I don't think that you can disagree with things being good because things are good. Yeah, very yeah. true. Sometimes it'd be like that. I yeah. dig it. I, I think dig it too. It. I think that's a, a, a fine sentiment. A fine sentiment from the greater bucket verse. Um, Wait, can YouTube we go user... back to poop, poop man, poop man? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Do you think he's still listening to Buckethead only? I hope so. And all I, I gotta so say too. is, stay greasy, brother. Like, <laughs> like get get with those vegans who eat high fat, high complex carbohydrate diets. Oh yeah, because that'll make you a very satisfied and efficient poop man, poop man, poop man. Poop man. Or you know, you know, I don't, I don't care about your gender. Like, no matter what you do, you could be a poop woman, poop woman, or a poop them, poop them. It's <laughs> poop up to they you. them. Poop, poop. <laughs> <laughs> Those are my pronouns. <laughs> Those are my poop nouns. <laughs> pretty good. Uh, YouTube user Donald Morris says, and he, okay. Oh, sorry, I can't read. Um, YouTube user Donald Morris says, and you said he would never rise from the dead. Dot, 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 dot. He's here. I don't know who he's referring to. It could be Jesus. It could be Mussolini. I'm not sure. Who do you think he's referring to? Wait, wait, I'm sorry. Can you explain why you think it could be Mussolini? <laughs> well, I mean, he, he doesn't say... You know, it could be Mussolini, it could be Hitler, it could be Franz Ferdinand. I don't know. Why are you going <laughs> why are you like going straight into like World War One and World War Two shit here? Like you just you just like regressed right back into the nineteen twenties <laughs> for no reason. Well, you know, because those people died then, right? Buckethead could be the reincarnation of any of those people. We don't know. But but why why would he be like Mussolini was a like one of the inventors of fascism? <laughs> like he he is basically seen as the progenitor of Western fascism in the entire world. He was yeah a goddamn monster, and True. Buckethead just wants to make his own fucking theme park. Like there are very maybe, maybe different it's goals his redemption here. arc. Like we don't know. Franz Ferdinand was like the Archduke of. <laughs> austria and like although he yes. wasn't like i mean there there was like a bunch of stuff with like azerbaijan and armenian stuff and that's the reason he got assassinated which is the uh -huh. reason that world yeah. war one started but like i mean he 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 wasn't great and he was like a statesman and he it like <laughs> like if you were like hey uh, <laughs> blind blind Willie McTell reincarnated. I'd be like, okay, well, there's a guitarist. That makes sense. 
<laughs> Why does it have to be a guitarist? I that, that feels very like anti non guitarist language. Okay. Well, 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 because you're like, well, if if you're maybe if you're like a virtuoso in fascism, maybe in your next life you could also be a virtuoso, but a different thing like. Uh, the guitar. Like right? like melodic guitar rock. Yeah, like <laughs> I don't I just don't see the connection. Like <laughs> I'm just throwing it out there, okay? And and the thing is, there are folks, uh Jeff Skunk Baxter, uh, who played with uh Steely Dan and uh-huh. the Doobie Brothers, among others, um is actually both <laughs> he is he is in my opinion and a lot of people's opinion a guitar virtuoso the dude is incredible at guitar right and he has like produced tons of hits for steely dan doobie brothers uh provided a lot of uh like uh solos to just like different projects work with michael mcdonald and shit a lot but oh, yeah. um so uh he is also a Wait, like, wait, 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 wait. Michael McDonald, that's the McDonald's clown, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, sorry, go ahead. Pretty good, pretty good. So, Jeff Skunk Baxter, in the early 1990s, he was like still just like a studio guitar player. And uh, he had a friend in the Department of Defense, and he, like, as a hobby, put together, like, this proposal about, like, the Star Wars program, which is, like, a missile defense program. And, like, people at the top, like, reviewed it, and they're like, this is actually, like, brilliant. Mm -hmm. And so now Jeff Skunk Baxter, uh, great guitarist, is also, like, complicit in missile program, like, He's a, he's, he just, like, gives advice on missile programs. So he's a war criminal and a great guitarist. So he's, he's, he's Mm -hmm. both of these things. Like, he's a Mussolini bucket head. (laughs) Mussolini head. (laughs) No. (laughs) I'm not making a harm in that. Okay. Uh, YouTube user Jordan Vine says, "Now this is all in, in this is all in caps, so I'm going to read it as though they're yelling." Okay. Please, please. As you I don't give a fuck what anyone else says or thinks, but Buckethead music is the best and greatest music ever composed by anyone ever in the entire history and existence of music. Buckethead himself is the best and greatest guitarist ever in the history of and existence of music. No one is better than Buckethead. No one. Buckethead forever. Strong words. Um. Um. <laughs> well, what, what's, A this bold user, thing. what's it? What's this user's name? Uh, Jordan Vine. Jordan Vine. Can I, can I, uh, <laughs> I know, I know you're holding. They've definitely got the hookup, like the, for sure. the the. Oh yeah, they're they're 
They, they, they just like walk into like three different psychologists' office. I'm the most ADHD. Can I get some Adderall? And yeah, and so they got like three different prescriptions running. Um, oh yeah. So uh, uh, first off, calm the fuck down. Sure, certainly. Second off, no. Uh, Buckethead is a very good musician. Oh yeah. That's all. He's composed some cool stuff. He's not the greatest like he's very he's he's prolific oh certainly yeah he's, and he's, he's a great the, musician but he like he's, it, he's it's, one of it's, the I, most... I would say like it is impossible to say anyone is the quote-unquote greatest guitar player in the history of music or whatever like dude everybody brings something different to the table you know it's, people exactly. are for different right, reasons right. uh okay we're gonna wrap this up with one more from youtube user sky bridge who says again all caps Buckethead is great, original or crispy, a feast for my ears. And I agree. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Original or crispy. Um, And so when you ate chicken and worked uh, at um, KFC, <laughs> what was your what was your preferred? I mean, like, so give me your favorite cut and your favorite preparation style from KFC. Uh, how do you mean? I mean, so so for me. I'm going to say, uh, I'll, I'll give you the top 12. Are you ready? <laughs> 12. Wow. Okay. Shut up. <laughs> Here we go. You're really like, you're really implying I'm going to care about this. Extra crispy drumstick. Extra crispy thigh. Baked drumstick. Okay. Classic thigh. Okay, I lost it. <laughs> yeah, dude. I, I like I, I like know. I like the dark meat. Shut up. Okay. And I like I like them extra crispy. The baked okay. ain't bad though. And the classic ain't bad though. Statements from the bucket Let me ask you a question. What do you think is the best Will Smith rap song from a movie? Oh, God. That's a good question. I'm going to say Wild Wild yeah, West so is good. absolutely fantastic. Oh, yeah. The First Men in Black is good, too. Nadia Head uh, sucks. Nadia Head's I don't okay. like it. I mean, it's, it's, it's fine. It's not as it's, good. It's just not... <clears throat> it's nothing like Wild Wild West or Men in Black. Um... I mean, those two are the real standouts. Of course, like oh, yeah. Fresh Prince of Bel Air uh, theme song, it does fucking good. kills. Didn't he? Didn't um, he and and DJ really, Jazzy Jeff I, do a song for one of the uh, Nightmare on Elm Street films? Nightmare on My Street. That's a great song. Uh, anyway, uh, what do you got? What do you got to recommend to me, dog? Oh my god! All right, all right, okay, all right. Mm. Ready for this? No. I think you're ready for this. You know. Um Here's my recommendation to you. Mhm. Try to get a good amount of sleep. Agreed. Like for reals, dude, it I have been having some trouble sleeping lately. Mm -hmm. And as a result of that, uh dude, it's just been fucking me up. Like having yeah. 
I don't know. Inconsistent schedules is fucked yeah. up. It like totally is it is it work, a work up. schedule thing? Yeah, oh, that sucks. And like, gosh, you gotta you gotta like, I mean, you gotta ask your manager. Be like, hey, listen, can I get like the most consistent schedule as possible? Because like managers, like at least good ones, will try to work with that. And um, so the like, there are a lot of benefits that come from my job. Um, mm-hmm. This is known. That being said, there is one aspect of my job that is shitty, and that mm-hmm. is the scheduling. It is always shitty, yeah. and that is part of the thing is that everybody gets a shitty schedule <laughs> that and is that, super that, inconsistent. That doesn't, honestly, that makes no sense to me. It doesn't, because you know how many fucking people work where I work? Like, over 200. Like, there's yeah. no reason that, that, like, that we all can't thing, have like, the schedule we want. Like, there's no right? reason. No, there there isn't, and that is literally shitty management because I have been a schedule for like departments of fifty people, and I mean, so a department of fifty people plus like uh like flex kind of like labor on like another fifteen or twenty people. Uh-huh. So I have had to schedule basically entire stores um that are making, you know a good bit more than an Apple store. Don't, I talk about, don't talk about where we work. Oh, sorry. Well, we, we, we already have before, but, um, yeah. I have, uh, you know, um, I, I've had to schedule an insane amount of people around an insane amount of schedules and oh, yeah. scheduling, uh, irregularities. Mm-hmm. And at the time, like I was, um, the scheduling software I was using, was created by this fucking weird old hippie uh, in the 1980s, and it's based on Microsoft Excel, and he, like, barely updated it with every, like, update of Excel. And so, like, it was awesome. constantly fucked. But I still made it happen, and, like... I mean... In as much... Um, uh, a, you know, like, last year, I was, like, walking around Kirkland, and um, a car pulls up to me... And, uh, this lady who is in her sixties, um, named Karen, mm-hmm. kind of a Karen, but also who worked for me. So she was like an <laughs> anti-Karen, like, like she made her husband like pull the car over so she could talk to me. Cause I was her former manager, but I haven't seen her in like a year. Sure. And like, we, we talked for like 15 or 20 minutes and she just like, the entire time she talked about how great I was as a manager and how like all the schedules I gave her were fantastic and like worked with her life. And like, she was just like shitting all over the managers, the two managers she had since. And, yeah, um, yeah. it made me realize like, eh, like maybe, maybe I should be in management, but I hate it. Yeah. Like, I, no management. I hate bullshit, everything about dude. it. Like, but, totally. but at the same time, I know for a fact I am better at management positions than like ninety-five to ninety-nine percent of my counterparts. Yeah, which See, that's, sucks. That's truly the important because, thing. Yeah. Because I don't want to be management, and that's yeah. the thing. Is like, and, and that's um, that's the thing about like politicians. Is like, if you want to be a politician, you're probably not qualified to be one. Right, it's like the people because you don't actually care. You like just want power. Yeah, and that's the thing about management. It's like the only good managers are the people who do not necessarily want to be managers, 
they're just pushed into that position because they are naturally good at that. Yeah. And like naturally good at just dealing with people and people problems in a very um, direct and professional way. Yeah. Which I am um, oddly, especially if you've been listening to this podcast, I'm oddly exceptionally good at, but I don't want to, which is why I've uh, pretty much eschewed all of the management positions that have been offered to me in the past few years. Sure. Yeah. And I think that that's legitimate, like on, like not wanting to do it. Totally legitimate. You know, um, I've been in a few management roles in the past and like, honestly, like I liked it and well, I didn't really like it, but I was good at it. And, you know, it was, I don't know. It's not something I really want to do for somebody else. It's like if I was running my own business, like, yeah, Yeah. I would be super behind that. But if I just don't want to do it for somebody else because like, I don't want to be hamstrung by like the constraints of someone else's stupid business practices. And then because like it's very easy for a manager, especially at like a large company to basically Mm -hmm. just turn into a shitty cop. And it's like Mm -hmm. terrible. And it's like, it's the reason for that is like, it's complicated. You know, it's like they have their own shit that they have to abide by Mm -hmm. combined with like trying to make everybody else happy kind of turns some people into very shitty, 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 shitty people. Right. And no, and I actually like it points in my management. I actually like found myself in those positions and like reflecting hard on those positions. Like, yeah, I bet. there was one time where like, uh, you know, uh, Mia, <clears throat> who was like a great worker, like always there, super consistent. Um, just like this older Asian lady who just didn't take any shit or anything. Uh, like, you know, her 10 minute break lasted like 16 minutes. And like, when she came back, I was like, Hey, listen, you can't be doing that. And like afterwards, I'm like, that's dumb. <laughs> like I should, yeah. I shouldn't have said that. Like yeah. six extra minutes. Fuck that. Like who cares? Like we should have 15 minute breaks instead of 10 minute breaks in general. Like, yeah. but like, and I, I just felt like super bad about it. And I told her about it and she was like, you know, like, Oh wow. Really? <laughs> like, like, yeah. She's like, well, I thought I did, I actually did wrong. And so I internalized. And so I'm like, no, no, just don't, I don't know. So I, I've complicated feelings on management because yeah. like management are like usually the ultimate bootlickers to yeah. like corporate policy, like the corporate policies 100%. that don't make sense. No, they don't. Yeah. They really don't. Um, they really don't. And it's like, and it's like the, the fucked up thing is like every manager kind of chooses which ones they they enforce and which ones they don't. So 100%. it's like it's like super inconsistent. And yes, so it's like that's the so, problem with management is because <clears throat> management and management rules are used as an ice pick and not a hammer for a problem. Mm-hmm. They they don't go after the general problem. They find employees they don't like that are um, not conforming to certain rules and use those rules to penalize them, demote them, and fire them. And that's it. Or they use specific, like, rules to promote, you know, the people who are, like, sticking their tongue up their butthole. Yeah. Like, it's, um, and that's, like, management is, power structures in general are all corrupt. No matter how low you go in any system, even in a coffee shop, 
that has like, you know, two employees and one manager, that manager can be corrupted easily. Oh yeah. And become a shitty boss. <laughs> I had and, ten, uh, I had uh ten people under me at one point and uh yes, I was corrupt. <laughs> um to a certain degree. Uh I don't know. I mean like biases are a real thing and like that was something that I kind of realized pretty early on. I was like you know but i don't know it's weird like i've been dealing with a lot of like conflicts with uh or not 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 between myself and anybody but i've been observing a lot of conflicts between like coworkers of mine and management at my job mm-hmm. and that's been really interesting like i don't i rarely have conflicts with anybody because like when i go to my job like i am fully cognizant of the fact that like it is super corporate super like whatever so like i go there and i do what is necessary to do my job and not necessarily Mm -hmm. the bare minimum but like i do what i do my job duties i do them well and like i keep my head down i don't create conflict and i get the fuck out like because it's like i have the ability to do that and i'm grateful for that so it's just like i don't want to make waves like i yeah especially if you're working for like a multinational corporation to where no matter what you say you will never ever have power in the conversation yeah totally ever ever like and that, that that's the thing is like if i tried hard enough i might be able to have some power in the conversation at work but mm-hmm. you know i'm i'm out of there so it doesn't matter and and, that, and that's the thing is i i still <clears throat> kind of and so we have like a private discord for employees I think I'm still going to be very active on there, like yeah. about employee rights and like shit, because I just like I still care about the people that I work with, and totally. um, I value the shit out of them. Like I work in the queerest, coolest workplace ever. I'd say like literally like the only queerer workplaces that exist are like bathhouse staffs. <laughs> And uh, and those are not the type of queer like workspaces I want to be in. Because <laughs> like, because you know I don't want to just like you know step on like, yeah, fucking like AIDS condoms all day and shit. It's, sure, yeah, that sounds uh, questionable. Although that still happens at any grocery store, to be honest. <laughs> Classic Seattle grocery store problems. Classic Seattle grocery store, right? Like. Anyways, what we anywho, got? anywho, um, yeah, what? Uh, wait, did you recommend something? I didn't recommend anything. Yeah, you didn't I? recommend anything. What you got? Oh, um, uh, ooh, you know what was really good that I finished recently? Uh, The Expanse season five, and I think we've talked about ah. it several times on this show thus far. But uh, The Expanse remains a fantastic show. Um, it is very good. They, yeah, uh, I have not finished season five yet. I think I have like two more. They, episodes. they, 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 they take an interesting turn in the very last episode that was actually already known because like it was announced on like social media and like a bunch of stuff that they uh, had to cut a certain character out because of their personal life decisions. So I don't know anything about that. So no spoilers, please. Interesting, interesting. So I'm not gonna. I'm not. Uh, but yeah, no spoilers. But and that's why I said it in that exact way because I didn't know if you knew this or not. But okay. I mean the the last episode is like if if you didn't if you don't know what I'm talking about at all it's going to be a shock for you like an absolute shock and you're going to be like wait what but like okay then then you're going to google it 
and you're going to know exactly what they did and why they did it. And I think they did it in a graceful way. Okay. To be honest. Yeah. Um, it, it wasn't like nearly as good as it could have been, but like, it's something they've talked about before and addressed before. And like, I think they did it pretty well. So, um, Expanse season five. Every season of the Expanse is great, and I've heard the books are good too. You read the books, I hate the audio well, books, read, but like the books. I've read uh, two of the books. Two of the six or seven now. Uh, there are eight or nine books, and they're releasing another one next year, I guess too. So, I thought I the think last was supposed one to be the last one. I don't think it did. Pretty yet. sure the last book just came out. Uh, but I mean, I could be wrong. I don't know. I was looking into this like yesterday. Pretty sure there's one more book that's coming out. Uh, yeah, uh, Leviathan Falls doesn't come out until later this year. Oh, okay, cool. Yep. Nice. The last one, uh, Tiamat's Wrath, came out in 2019. But yeah, there's one more. Oh, okay. So I thought that was, that was the one that I thought that was that had already come out. No. Uh, interesting. Okay. Cool. Grad. Yeah. Um, yeah. Tiamat, that's, uh, that's a fucking Christian death metal band from the nineties. Yeah. Also, um, another thing I'd recommend is uh, going in raw. Like raw doggin. Hell yeah, dog. Yeah, that is pretty nice. I mean, it's nice. I wouldn't recommend it. Yeah. If um you haven't been tested recently or never want to have a kid or <laughs> yeah. don't know the exact status on the birth control yeah. um, of the person you're having sex with, unless they're gay, mm-hmm. in which case, if you're having sex with a butt and you're both recently tested, raw dog the shit out of that. That's the best part about, mm-hmm. about that, about mm-hmm. all that. Yeah. You get, you get, you get it going raw. Oh baby, like it raw. <laughs> it's, been, it's been it's been it's been a while since I went in raw. It's been one I week. I would recommend it because it just it's so good. It's it feels really so good. good. Yeah, and it's like it it truly is just goddamn wonderful. It's what nature intended, and it's the reason why we have so many unplanned children is because it feels so goddamn good. Yeah, but, that, it, so that is true. actually, in conjunction with this, I would recommend <clears throat> being sterilized. Yeah. And going in raw. Yeah. In conjunction specifically. Yeah, I've actually, actually like uh I am gonna make an appointment tomorrow with a doctor so I can talk about them talk to them about getting a vasectomy. Actually, yeah, dog. So I've been uh, planning on that for a while. So Yeah dog. Yeah. That tip. I have no in I have no interest in breeding. I don't want children like at all. I never have. And that's the thing. I'm like, well, why didn't I get a vasectomy like years ago? And I was like, well, I don't know. Because well, I've never uh, wanted well, children. Here's so the thing. a lot of doctors actually won't do it to you until you're like after you're 30. Okay. Because well, cool. a lot of them are like, well, well I think oh, you might reconsider. Even though it's fucking completely reversible. Because mm-hmm. doctors are fucking dumb and like all of them are narcissistic and like need children like an in, image of themselves wow okay I mean, not, that's not, a, not a lot of assumptions them, but, there <laughs> but but i mean if if you have this like need to be a doctor that might be built into you and a whole lot of like familial pressure in general yeah 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 i mean do you know any doctors who are like anti-child i don't know any doctors <laughs> 
You know my brother. <laughs> Your brother's like not a doctor. <laughs> well, he's, his, actually, he's, he is technically a doctor. Literal, that's his literal title. He is literally a doctor. He's not a medical doctor. <laughs> that's true. That's true. And I make fun of him for that all the time. And yeah. like, I'm like, hey, how do you feel about like dating someone who's a real doctor? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's pretty good. Has, uh, has, have we talked? Thing, like, have we talked to him like about third, like what would happen the, if like he was on a plane and somebody was like, "Is there a doctor on this plane?" <laughs> and he's like, "Yeah," and they're like, "He's having a heart attack." And we're like, "Uh, is it a is it a um a carceral heart attack that has to do with um like the implicit injustice in uh our 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 current American prison system?" No, he's just dying. Oh, I'm sorry. I can't help you. It's <laughs> like, <laughs> great. It's uh, great. Yeah, yeah. I, I I love the idea of like, oh, is there a doctor in the house? I'm a doctor of sociology. Fuck you. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. uh. <laughs> I agree. Um. Anyways, uh, yeah. yeah. If you want to follow us online, you can do that. Um, can you? Where are we available? You can follow me at New Metal Karate Society on Instagram or yeah. at BucketCast on Instagram and Twitter. Yeah. Um, you can follow me at BucketCast or at a BucketCast on Twitter um, or at the Queer Goth or at the meme Scoop, S C U U P. Scoops? Scoops? Um, we're both meme lords. Yeah. You should know. Oh, and also, uh, maybe check out Spencer's original content on, um, at, um, uh, I I forgot. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) Karate something. Karate parking only. There you go. Karate parking only. I, Uh. okay. So here's the thing. This is the real, this is the secret. The secret is. I make a lot of memes, but I never post them to that page because I always forget that I have another fucking page. And I'm like, I don't no, care I, about I, I this. Know, I know. I know that sometimes you post them there and sometimes you don't. Like sometimes. Uh, okay. It's just like sometimes I will have an idea where I'm like, that's funny, but it's not funny enough for me to or it's like too specific for me to post on the main page, main page. And so I'll be like, sure, I'll just make that really quick and post it on the other page. But like oh. most of the memes that I make, I'm like, ah, yeah, this is funny. So I just post it on the main page. Yeah. I see. So, yeah. so, so the uh, the karate parking only is just like the B sides. No, it's your um, it's your it's your id, whereas your new metal uh, <laughs> uh, karate only. Uh, sorry, new metal karate <laughs> society is your super ego, really. Sure. Yeah. Um. In the, in sure. <laughs> we can. We can. Oh, it's like I gotta take a piss real quick. Let's just do the outro. No, I need to to piss. Shut up. I need to piss too. Do the outro. I don't care. (laughs) Fucking do it in post. Fuck it. We'll do it live. (laughs) This has been Britain Straw. And this has been Spencer. Hodge. You've been listening to Getting Head, a bucket cast. Stay greasy, bucket heads. Stay.